Welcome to episode 115 of the FarmExec podcast. I'm Elaine Quilici, Editor-in-Chief of FarmExec Magazine, here along with my co-host, Group Social Media Editor, Miranda Schmalthus. FarmExec Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest insights to master the science of success. On this week's episode, Miranda and I have the pleasure of speaking with Raj Verma, Chief Diversity, Culture, and Experience Officer at Sanofi. Raj talks about the many facets of diversity from a global perspective and how to effectively integrate DEI practices into a company. Let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll be right back with Raj. Hey, podcasters. This is Nico Saracino, associate editor and co host of the Pharmaceutical Commerce Podcast. Stay tuned after the episode for a sneak peek of our recent talk with Diana Villanova, VP of Patient Services and Channel Strategy at COIS Consulting Group, where we discuss the importance of patient support programs. Hello, podcasters. Today, Miranda and I will be interviewing Raj Verma, Chief Diversity, Culture, and Experience Officer at Sanofi. Raj is here to discuss the various ways people see diversity around the world and how companies should be building diversity, equity, and inclusion into a company's everyday fabric. Thanks for joining us today, Raj. Thank you, Elaine, for having me on. Pleasure to be here. So to kick us off, Raj, could you talk a little bit more about what diversity means in different countries and regions and how to effectively address this wide range of perspectives? Global work, I guess, is probably most effective when you have a transversal strategy. And I'm paraphrasing words taken from one of our external diversity board members. It means that you have to create a global framework of behaviours and accountability, but allow for local execution. So when I was setting up the global work of DNI, I'd often get asked, you know, how many people have I got in my team around the world? And I'd say, I've got almost 100,000 because everyone in our organization is diverse in one way, shape or form, which means that they all have a vested interest. And one of the things I have learned is that every country is on its own journey. And with that, it carries its own level of maturity. And one thing we have to do is respect that and work within that context to make that difference. So the way I would look at it is that there are various protected characteristics in in probably most countries against which you cannot discriminate. And the most typical are are gender, race, sexuality, age, and disability. So that's where I would start globally. And what you find is that gender is often the first diversity step for most global companies, because what you can do with that is you can get data on gender. So you can start to measure and, and put in place plans. You can drive far more visibly and see the balance shifting at every level. And equally, It's something that I found that the majority of countries have no issues in working on. So some of the other protected characteristics that I mentioned earlier, they are typically, I'd say, country-specific in definition. So whatever goals that you aim for have to be country-based decisions. So you can actually dial up or dial down where you need to focus. Just to share maybe a couple of examples in the US, there's a big focus on veterans. But that's not necessarily the case in other countries. Race and ethnicity is probably front page news every day. And social justice is such a pervasive topic in the US. So given that context, it means you cannot ignore it as a big area of focus and a big area of dialogue and action. 
in France, for example, you can't capture data on race, ethnicity or faith. So what you've got to do is focus on culture and focus on origins. Try and probably get a better sense of your diversity mix. There's also a big emphasis there on people with disabilities and socioeconomic backgrounds that is far more prevalent than maybe in other countries. So what I would say is that you have to create a global strategy with local execution. And I've often heard it said that diversity is the global problem with a local solution. And creating that sustainable change to make your organization diverse, equitable and inclusive is hard and it is complicated work. And it's absolutely inevitable that you will get some things wrong. Are global companies doing enough to educate employees about various cultures they might deal with and how to approach them tactfully? I don't think there will ever be enough because understanding cultural diversity is a lifetime journey. And I really don't think there's any one global diversity expert anywhere to help you know about everything that builds the multitude of cultures around the world. So look, we're all on the same journey. We're all taking slightly different paths against varying levels of maturity. But if we start with inclusion and we start to shift behavior to create, I guess, a sense of belonging, then that in itself will drive greater diversity in your organization. You know, I, I once had a boss who used to always say things are never right or wrong. They are just different. So we have to go to where the people are to get a better understanding and build a sense of empathy. When I was moving overseas a few years ago, there's a great tool I came across. It was called the Cultural Navigator. And, you know, it was built to help you better understand your cultural preferences and how they impacted your work on an everyday basis. You know, it also helped me identify potential cultural challenges and the ways to address them. And it supported me in working far more effectively with colleagues and clients in other cultures. That, for me, was a great example of education in play. Education also, I think, comes into play with allies and advocates to help them better engage, you know, better empathize with minority groups. Because one thing I've realized is that change rarely happens unless the majority help it happen. And one of the things that we have done, certainly in our organization, and it's very much a grassroots way to educate, is for companies to introduce global employee resource groups. And these are typically employee-led volunteers but they have to be set up in a way that's integrated into, I guess, the everyday actions that you need in your company. And they can be a great source of building intelligence about what's really happening, both inside and outside your company. The value that insight can bring through, I guess, personal experience and the community impact can really help organizations to course correct if they need to, but also stay relevant in the moment. You know, what's important here is to help these employee resource groups with the support that they need and the sponsorship that I guess that they should have and the goals that they should look to deliver against. And done well, what I found is that it's a hugely untapped potential for many organizations to improve their diverse and cultural understanding. And lastly, I guess what I'd say is that you have to start from a position of positive intent to learn because many of us don't inquire, if you're like me, we fear we may offend or say the wrong thing. And that leaves us in the same place with the same thinking for too long. And sometimes you just have to get comfortable with uncomfortable conversations and stop waiting for the answer and just go find it. One of the things we did at Sanofi when we launched our global DNI strategy was build a DNI journey for all employees to go on. 
So they at least had a baseline awareness and understanding of what we're aiming to do and how they could get access and how they could learn more. So what type of investment, in addition to money and training, does it take for a company to embed DEI into its culture? Look, I'd say the first thing is that the tone has to be set from the top. And you cannot see DEI as a bolt-on, but rather a built-in strategy that reflects, you know, your, your organization's purpose and helps amplify its culture. You know, you have to lead DNI with purpose and you have to lead it with passion. So when we set up our first DNI board at Sanofi, which was a mix of executives and external DNI leaders, we started our very first meeting by actually spending time to understand each other's reason why the work of DNI was so important to us and to hear each other's stories, which for most was more than likely a disruptive episode in their lives that probably triggered a shift in their own worldview, which got them far more interested in DNI. And sharing that experience really brings it together. The talent that we bring in and the equity we create, you know, by the programs we're putting in place, really help give everyone equal chance, opportunity, and experience. And creating these programs of equity in everything that we're doing is helping us to drive, I guess, that equal chance for all. So we invest into making sure that we're breaking down systemic barriers removing them so that regardless of your identity, you can succeed in your organization. The other thing I would say that we should invest in is storytelling, because this is so much more about just the business impact. It's also about hearts and minds. And when you hear and see from more like you, you start to feel much more like you belong. And that drives your level of engagement and connectivity with your organization. And you can never take your foot off the gas. That's one thing I have learned, because if you want to make sure things are sustainable, you have to be intentional and they have to be visible. It does take a lot of energy. It takes a lot of effort. And for a company to be very intentional about what it does, your brand has to really reflect the reality of what you do. So being seen to be committed at every level is the biggest investment you can make. Make sure that your employer brand carries your DNI proof points with it. And finally, you know, you have to go beyond the workplace with your DNI strategy. And at Sanofi, we've invested as much energy into clinical trials, supplier diversity, and CSR as we've done internally about really shifting awareness of our approach to DNI. So, who should ultimately be responsible for creating diversity within a company? Look, I'll start by saying we all have a responsibility for creating a very inclusive culture that we feel will ensure that we find keep and grow the very best talent we can possibly get. So recruiters, hiring managers, talent development leaders, they're the people at the cold face of being able to make unbiased decisions. But essentially, you do need someone to drive the strategic agenda, the action planning, keeping the organization honest in terms of its progress and its challenges. And that's typically your chief diversity officer or your chief people officer. But, you know, Let's be very clear, this is the leadership accountability, you know, and actions and speak volumes, right? Because if they don't, your teams, your investors, your patients, your customers, and your communities will tell you. Now, if we really want to make that impact on people, on planet and profit, then we all have to do the work. With so many aspects, it seems like DE&I can be overwhelming at first. So how can people start to build it into their everyday lives? What are some of the first steps that they might be able to take? I'd say the first thing to do is to really understand your own organization and why you believe that the work of DNI is so important to you and the business and the market that you're in. 
and then start looking at the data that you've got available, you know, paint a picture of where you are today and it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Start to get a sense of what insights you can build, you know, see how that reflects the reality of the world around you. Are you representing the society in which you live and serve by the leaders and the teams that you have? Use that to reflect on how well your own organization gets the DNI agenda and the difference it could make. And I think if you really want to build a plan for your employees, build it with your employees and co-create a strategy based, I guess, on what your organization is telling you. You can't beat first-hand lived experiences. Take a look as well at, at the whole DNI landscape and the conversations, I guess, that are happening around you both internally and externally, for example, around social justice in the USA. You know, and build out a clear vision for your future and then work backwards from there. Because whatever you do, you have to have a clear plan and you have to resource it well. You've got to make sure that you put your goals in for the longer term. And this is your vision and your aspiration. But you must have annual roadmaps for delivery. And these are the types of levers that, that you feel that you can pull on to achieve your goals. So measuring progress, staying transparent is going to be key to you staying honest to your vision and to what you value most in your organization. What have you learned about DEI in your position at Sanofi that has changed the way you approach the initiative? Look, I'd say the first thing is avoid headline management and that perception of box ticking. You know, I've always started with my organization's purpose and laddered everything that we've done to that. And we keep doing that, right? It keeps you accountable. And therefore, what you're doing is far more sustainable, but it does take longer to stick. So aim to build everything in and don't just try to bolt it on. You also have to stay pragmatic in your approach and focus on the so what. And this is not about the theoretical debates. It's about the delivery as a result of those debates and the impact you can make because the learning can never stop. And I do recognize and I have recognized that making a difference does take time and you have to keep the energy going and the commitment very visible to stay the course. And that's been one of my biggest learnings because I want to get everything done tomorrow. Measure everything you can do to share progress because you also want to highlight some of the levers you can pull more or less depending on the progress that you're making. But what I've also found is that I'm not afraid to share where things are not working well and how you can course correct. My aim is always to be transparent. And DNI, I think, is also something you can collaborate on both internally and externally, because for sure it's going to give you, I guess, competitive advantage. But the difference for each organization is its appetite to make the shift. So 10 companies with the same strategy will all come out of probably different places because it's their commitment and their culture that I guess will or won't make it happen for them. Marish, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been really interesting to learn about the global perspective of DEI and what companies can do to improve their initiatives around this. I really appreciate the chance to be able to share, I guess, a little of our own journey at Sanofi and some ideas for our listeners to leverage. You know, there are things that you can do that are both in and beyond your workplace, but together those efforts will make, I really believe, that societal difference needed for a more fairer and more equitable world. And that can only be the right thing for the generations to come. Hi again, Nico Saracino, Associate Editor and Co-Host of the Pharmaceutical Commerce Podcast here with a sneak peek of our conversation with Diana Villanova, VP of Patient Services and Channel Strategy at COIS Consulting Group. 
where we discuss the importance of patient support programs, including the value in stepping outside one's comfort zone, along with how drug producers can use patient and channel strategies to maximize payoff. At the end of the day, making sure you're stepping out of your comfort zone and really looking at your patient journey and making sure that the vendors you're choosing, that the programs that you're designing are not necessarily what you're comfortable with, but what supports your patient population and your provider population. And now it's time for this week's leadership tips from Pharma Execs. Hi, I'm Raj Firm. I'm the Chief Diversity, Culture and Experience Officer at Sanofi. And the best leadership advice I ever got was when I started my career in HR some 25 years ago. And that was to be ruthless with your decision making, but compassionate in your delivery and to never, ever get them the wrong way around. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's Farm Exec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the Farm Exec staff is working on. Remember, you can always find us on the web at farmexec.com, on Twitter at farmexec, on Instagram at farmexecutive, and on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of Farmexec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email Editor-in-Chief Elaine Quilici at E-Q-U-I-L-I-C-I at MJHLifeSciences.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email Group Publisher Todd Baker at T-B-A-K-E-R at MJHLifeSciences.com.